0: This is the perfect space for you. This is Soli. All right. Welcome back, Soli listeners. Today, I'm so excited to introduce someone I'm a huge fan of, Miss Meg Bartlett. She is an Oracle dream interpreter, and she's phenomenal. She actually did a dream interpretation reading for me about a week ago from the time we're recording this podcast, and I was just blown away. I mean, I've been blown away by your Instagram feed and following you and hearing you talk about dreams, but then having a session with you was like, wow. And so I was, as soon as we got done, I was like, is there any chance you would like to come on our show and talk with our listeners about, you know, what it is you do and and how it works for you. So welcome, Meg.
1: Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here today. And I just I love dreams so much. It's wonderful to be able to share that with everyone. So,
0: so awesome. So let's just start at the beginning. What got you started on this journey of, you know, what inspired you and what drew you to the dream world?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I've actually been working with dreams my whole life from the time I was about six years old is when I started paying attention to my dreams. I've always had really vivid dreams, but I never necessarily shared them with other people. It wasn't something that I talked about because I just assumed that everybody was doing that. So what really got me into dream work is my life has. I've had a lot of experiences that have brought me to this space today. And a lot of them in the past were very traumatic. There was a lot of really big upheaval in my home life when I was a kid. There was a lot of things that happened to me that were just really difficult to move through. And I didn't have the tools at the time to move through them. So when I was 11 years old, I hit a wall and there was sort of this moment where I was sitting with myself and and today I remember it. right? But at the time, It was like one of those memories that you lock away forever kind of things. I was 11. You know, I I really struggled with everything that was happening. And and there was so much stuff that made it difficult that I had chosen. You know, I I had been thinking about ending my own life. And that was a really big moment for me as an 11 year old. Right. That's really significant. And my brain said, you know what? We don't have the tools to process or handle what is happening right now, but we probably will in the future. So we're going to take all of these memories and we're going to disassociate from them. We're going to lock them away and we're going to come back to them when you have the tools and when you have the support system to do that. And so from the time I was 11 to 19, it was just getting through life, kind of, you know, like going through the high school thing, just dealing with everything as it came up. But I didn't have to think about the pressures of what had happened to me as a kid. And when I was a kid, there was a lot of, you know, physical abuse, sexual abuse, that sort of thing that was really, really traumatic for me. Finally, I decided, you know what, there's something that's not right here in my life, right? Like here in the town that I grew up in within my family, I can't pinpoint it, right? Because I had locked away all of those memories. And I was like, but I know I need to get out. I know I need to leave. And so it's really interesting. There was one day I was working as a medical records clerk back when we didn't really have online documentation. So there's these giant binders, right? And you're kind of filing them away like on librarian shelves and stuff. And it, it was a time where I could just think to myself. And for a whole week, I had thought about what are all the different jobs that I could do where I could leave and and get out and explore and you know like take my life somewhere else. And on Friday that week. I had been thinking about the military and, you know, just some random thing, you know, I was like, oh, maybe, you know, like if I got out, you know, they'd be able to Pay for my, you know, shelter and my food, and it would just get me out. Right, I would be able to do other things. The minute I got home from work that day, the phone was ringing. You know, the the old wall phone, and yeah, I, yeah, I yeah. run upstairs. Yeah, and I run upstairs and I pick it up, and it's a recruiter for the Marine Corps on the other end, wow. and he says, "Hey, we just came across this survey that you filled out in high school that said you might be interested." do you want to come and talk to us sometime? And I said, well, that's a weird synchronicity, right? And I was like, sure, why not? (laughs) And he says, okay, when are you free? And I was like, well, I'm free anytime. He was like, do you want to just come down now? And I was like, sure. And 10 minutes later, I was in there talking to the recruiter. Wow. Yeah, so so my life, Looking back, it's really funny because it was really setting me up for everything. So joined the military, got out, started, you know, like really paying attention to my dreams again. I already was, but it was like I was starting to see them from another perspective because I had removed myself from the situation that was limiting me. And once I was in this expansive situation where I was able to, you know, discover who am I? What do I want to be? What is, you know, like my truth? And, you know, what are these experiences that I've had and how can I make sense of them? My dreams really started showing up as, you know, almost like, well, they were very intense nightmares. But for me, nightmares are always pieces of information, right? They're telling us where fear exists in our lives right now. What is the work we need to do? what is the healing aspect that we can focus on in this moment? That's what a nightmare is, right? And that's like one of the things I'm most passionate about is helping people shift that perspective of nightmares. But I went through it myself, right? So so I had all of these really difficult nightmares, sleep paralysis nightmares, which are terrifying. If you've never had one, try and Mm -hmm. keep it that way. Ah. And yeah, and I got to the point where I started realizing, oh, these are memories that are coming up within my dream space. It's showing me aspects of myself as I existed when I was younger. And within my dream space, I was able to start processing, right? And saying, okay, let's maybe think about the potential of this memory, right? Like, is this a memory? Am I going to trust myself? I don't know yet. So, um, so there was a lot of the stuff coming up in dreams. I also started working with a therapist as well. And so for the last like 10 to 12 years, I've been working with a therapist and working through all of that. And it's kind of fun because I'll bring my dreams and I'll be like, this is what my dream is showing me. This is what the interpretation is. This is what I need to work on next. And so, right. And so, so I've been able to do a lot of processing and ultimately I had the sleep paralysis nightmare come to a head and I moved through that dream experience. And I, I, you know, like released myself from the paralysis within the dream. And I confronted the being that was there. And that was the person who in my lifetime did the most harm to me. And so it's amazing that, you know, like to be able to confront something within your dream space, because then I'm able to take it to a therapy setting. I'm able to take it to shadow work or meditation or however I want to work through that. And then I was able to actually move through that situation and, and, you know, coming out the other side. Now my life is, is amazing. I I is it okay if I swear on this podcast?
0: Oh yeah, go ahead.
1: Okay. Oh, I fucking love my life. So yes. <laughs> no, I I fucking love my life. I have set it up. I have the tools. I have the support. I have the family, right? Like I I have everything that I've wanted, but it's because I had to do the work and dreams help me get there. So that's like sort of a long answer to your your beginning question. Yes.
0: <laughs> no, that's that's so powerful. So I thank you so much for for sharing all that.
2: Yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. I I think what's so powerful about it is just how you proved how our dreams can actually impact our real, like everyday lives and how you can do, yes, much healing with it. Like that's something that I've found too, where I've, especially the last couple of years, I've had so many healing experiences of confronting situations or people. And like, it's incredible. And the fact that you can even, like you're saying, you can blend it with your therapy, right? Like you can bring it into this real life situation. That's so cool. I love it. And I like that you tapped on nightmares because that's actually a question we had for you is, you know, what is that about? And how can people walk through those things? And I notice a lot of people too, if they've had grief, they've lost somebody, they'll often have these really terrifying dreams associated yeah. with that person, but it's not them. Because like with us with mediumship, we really talk about spirit visitation dreams and the difference between them of like, if you're actually connecting to someone in spirit versus if you're trying to process things. but And then even Night terrors or things like that, where like you're having these really crazy dreams and I feel real, but they can actually have it's the psychological part, like it's bringing your life into it. So that's just so fascinating. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah. When, well, there's like so many questions, especially with Shayla just with that. I want to go with that. So, uh, well, first, what you describe yourself as an oracle. Mm-hmm. So there is this intuitive nature in which you kind of approach the dream world and how you do your interpretation. How could you first just explain to our audience what your definition of an oracle is? And then could you explain how that ability or those gifts help guide you? Like what, how you use that to, to do your, the, the work that you do?
1: Absolutely. So thank you for clarifying as well that it's my definition of an oracle, because there are so many different ways to think about specific terms, especially a really ancient term like an oracle. There are oracles throughout many different traditions across the globe, and they all sort of have their own different flavor to them. So for me, the word oracle really showed up when I started doing dream work, but I kept getting those intuitive hits, right? Sometimes if you listen to my podcast or like you experienced in your dream interpretation that that we did, sometimes I have a tendency to just, I get in that flow state, right? And words just come out and that's sort of, it's me, but it's not me speaking sort of thing, right? So for me, the definition of an oracle is someone who is translating a message that already exists in the energetic space. So you as an individual are surrounded by all of this information that makes you you. But in our human experience, we don't necessarily have the ability or the, you know, the tools to always be constantly looking at that information because that would be too much. But as an oracle, it's it's sort of my job and it's what I love to do, right? So I wouldn't even say it's a job. I just really enjoy right. helping people uncover the information that already exists within them. So a dream interpretation is a great way to do that. Your dreams are a combination of your psychological, spiritual, physical, emotional selves, right? Your Akashic self, all of these different energies can show up within your dream space. So we can get a whole lot of information from multi- You know levels of awareness within a dream. So a dream interpretation is a great way to pick up on some of that information that's coming. But also when I'm doing a dream interpretation, sometimes I'll, I say a few different words and then, you know, I'll be like, maybe it's this or this and they'll be, Ooh, that one feels right. Right. And so for me, it's more of a feeling of resonance, right? Like a, like the sound of something feels like it matches almost like a puzzle piece, right? When it fits into your energy. And then I'm like, ooh, this is the word I need to use. So as an oracle, I just feel like it's my duty almost, right, to help people understand the information that already exists around them. I'm just more of the the translator or the conduit to access that information. That's a
2: beautiful description of everything. I think something that you just mentioned right now, you said Akashic. So Mm. do you find that a lot of people have past life dreams or are tapping into even like maybe future dreams or things like precognitive stuff, like, do you find that a lot with the people that you work with? Yeah, I,
1: I do actually. And it's interesting because when I started doing this, I didn't think that is something that I would come across frequently. Most of the time I was like, I always lead with the psychological because most of the dream, about 70% of the dreams that you have are psychological in nature, right? right. Those are the ones that are diving into your everyday life. How do I make sense of this situation or this experience? You know, how do I feel about it? Let's process it. You know, if there's like a new piece of information, how does it fit over the old pieces of information? And that's where you can get those mishmash dreams, right? Where you're in, you're in elementary school, but you're also an adult sort of thing, right? <laughs> so, but but it's interesting because with these interpretations, you know, for how I've been doing this. It's like there, there almost is an element everywhere of the psychological, but there's a lot of people who feel like there's another layer to it. So it's almost like I'm combining all of the layers, but there is a ton of stuff that comes up about past lives. There's a ton, not a ton, but like, you know, precognitive dreams are actually way more common than I thought they would be for the people who are coming to me for an interpretation. Mm-hmm. And it's really interesting that I, I wasn't intending to say the word Akashic, but I just posted an episode So today, where I'm talking about Akashic energy and, you know, your dreams are a way to access those records, which is it's a type of energy signature as well. So everything is information within the dream space, right? It's just what type of information is it, right? Like, what do I need to hear right now? And what is relevant within my life?
0: You kind of touched on it. And I would just if you could kind of explain to our audience, you talked about how dreams can be psychological in nature. Shayla touched on dream visitation. Can you kind of go through kind of the different categories of dreams that people can experience to kind of explain how it is you would describe that for people?
1: For sure. So the way that I like to describe dreams, first and foremost, because most of your dreams are psychological, is that a dream is a conversation within yourself. You're observing that internal conversation. So your subconscious is the level of awareness that operates the dream space. It's the level that's like, hey, we're going to take all these pieces and smush them together when your subconscious begins a dream there's a lot of different ways where you know sometimes it's just processing the information if you're just having you know like a regular work day nothing too crazy happened your brain's just going to be like all right is there anything new that happened i'm going to filter that away right i'm going to i'm going to process that down within the dreams and you might not really remember anything from that night cuz there's not much to remember some of the other dreams that you can experience that are psychological your subconscious will contact the unconscious part of yourself those are your skeletons in the closet the things that are in the darkness we call that shadow work we call that you know like what you're working on in therapy all of those things are kept in the unconscious right we don't necessarily want to see it and then there's your your conscious self right your waking life self and the whole point of the subconscious within a psychological dream to help you heal yourself or work through things is to be the negotiator between the unconscious and the conscious. So your subconscious is saying, hey, let's talk to each other. I know we might not want to, but but we're going to do it, right? And so a lot, of the, a lot of the conversations and healing work can be found within that awareness type of a dream. Now, when we think about branching out of the psychological realm, right, and we start thinking about visitations, people showing up in our dreams, Most of the time when someone shows up in your dream, I believe it to be a psychological experience. You're taking the imagery of that person, right? Their face, the way that they appear, the way that they walk and talk and all of those things. And you're saying, I'm taking the concept of this individual. How do I feel about them? And I'm putting it onto a concept of myself in the dream space so I can interact with myself in this way and work through some shit. So When we think about, like, if I were to dream about my mom, right, that would be how I have experienced motherhood, maybe some wounds that have come from that relationship. So whenever I dream about her, I know I'm not necessarily interacting with her. For me, it's more of a psychological experience where I'm, you know, like working through some stuff. I'm doing work in my dreams and then I can wake up and say, oh, I did work in my dreams, right?
0: Right. (laughs) Right. Um, I'm exhausted. I just just woke up and I'm exhausted.
1: Yeah. Something else that's popping into my head right now is exes, right? There's a lot of people who have dreams about their exes. It's not necessarily you interacting with your ex in a dream. I'll just say that right now. Sometimes it can be, right? But in my belief, it's usually, you know, you're taking the image or the concept or the the emotions that you felt during that relationship and you're working through those in the dream space. So when someone's like, oh, you know, there was my ex in my dream and we were trying to get back together, that might be working through the longing that you have, right? Or, you know, that, that loss of the familiarity and trying to make sense of everything that's happening. So there's people in our dreams in the psychological sense. And then there's people in the visitation sense. And a visitation dream, right, is usually when someone has passed on and they come to visit us. But it can also be, you know, someone who is still alive. Like if you have a shared dream together with someone, if two people wake up and they've had the same dream and they can verify that with each other. But that, that's usually not as common. I think I've only come across two of those within my work. But a visitation dream with someone who has passed can be really significant, both in a psychological sense, but also in a very deeply spiritual sense. Mm-hmm. And Shayla, you touched on it earlier as well. I don't believe that there's any negativity that comes with a spiritual visitation in a dream space. Usually the aspect of fear is only found in a nightmare and nightmares are almost entirely psychological.
0: I'm glad you touched in on that because I would say as, you know, as intuitives and mediums, I know Shayla and I get asked a lot of times by people about their dreams. They're like, oh my God, this, you know, this place is haunted and I feel like this person's coming to, I always kind of hesitate on that when it has more of a negative feeling to it. Because I know with my spirit visitation dreams that I experience, there is always a positive nature to it. And sometimes it is hard to differentiate. And even in I'm I'm pretty aware in my dream. So when it happens, even in that moment, I kind of say to myself, okay, is this my brain? Or is this actually who is standing right in front of me? So it's, it's kind of, it's, it's kind of hard to even navigate as you're having that experience.
1: Yeah, let's actually touch on that for just a second, because that'll help people maybe clear up the difference between a nightmare that feels like a visitation and an actual visitation. So you mm-hmm. had brought up someone thinking, you know, oh, it's a haunted house. It feels negative or, or evil, right? It has that, that dark feeling to it. When I think about that type of a dream, I'm actually thinking the house in the dream space is more of a psychological structure. It represents, you know, the different levels of your awareness. Your living room is your waking life, your, your everyday consciousness, the first floor. Your basement is that unconscious space, you know, things that you want to pack away down there. And, you know, upper floors can represent your connection to spirituality, right? Or, or whatever your flavor is. And so when I think about a house, I think of a psychological structure. If it feels haunted, that's telling me that there's something dark that's within your psychological structure that you're maybe ignoring and not trying to touch on, right? So for me, mm-hmm. that would be a sign, hey, there's some work for you to do in there, you know, like, let's dig in, let's find out what it is so we can uncover it and, and start to work through that. But but they can have that feeling of profoundness, right? Like a nightmare is something that really comes up when you're like, you know, you wake up and you're, you have the the physical symptoms, right? You're sweating or you're hyperventilating and you have that feeling of, oh, something is really, really not right, you know? And that usually is just pointing to something in your life. That's, you know, maybe drawing fear from you or something that you're really apprehensive about something like that. Right. So I would say the profound feeling in those dreams is more the sense of fear that you're trying not to look at, which just, you know, look at it. Right. (laughs) Right. right, uh, Right. Yeah. But then if we think about a visitation in the sense of someone who is, you know, who is past, who is coming to us, this is more of That relationship where we can look at that specific visitation, both from the psychological and the spiritual angle. If you are an individual who is not necessarily spiritually focused, that's a little, you know, like it doesn't resonate with you. You're kind of like, I don't know about that yet. You know, if you have a visitation, that can be a very profound experience for someone. But one way to look at that is whether you believe it's spiritual or not, it is having a psychological impact on you. And usually it's helping you work through something. So if grandma passed away and you were not able to be there, you might have some guilt, you know, oh, I haven't seen my grandma in, you know, over a year and she passed. And now I feel guilty because I never went back to see her. She might come visit you in your dream space to help you work through and release that guilt, right? Guilt is an emotion that nobody needs. It doesn't really serve a purpose, right? It's just right. something that that clings to it, right? It's part of the human experience, but it's not a fun one. So grandma might come to you and, and visit you and say, hey, I'm going to help you release this guilt. You know, it's okay that you weren't able to do this. You weren't expecting me to pass away, you know? all of these other reasons and that can be a very peaceful experience even in the psychological sense you can say you know i took the imagery of my grandma and she really helped me move through this moment in the spiritual way though there's a there's a huge impact because it's a communication between souls right it's right. it's one soul speaking to another and you're exchanging energy not only on a psychological level where you're going to remember it when you wake up right but there's almost like this energetic transfer that happens And you're able to to fully understand what that person is is trying to message you, what they are trying to get across. And this can be with a past loved one. This could be with an an ET or an alien. I've had plenty of people have dreams where they feel like they've had visits by other beings or creatures. It could be literally anything, right? There's so many different ways to dream because every single person on the face of the planet dreams differently. Mm-hmm. So it's just, I mean, visitation dreams are are really interesting for me to work with because there's a deep level of communication, usually in those dreams. And there's a very solid message that's going to come out of it. So,
0: yeah, I will share. I just last week, I hadn't spoke to my dad and it had been a little while. We were not speaking it just time had passed. And his mother, for the first time, she and I was closer with this grandmother, so I've I've always been like, why doesn't she come to me? My other grandmother comes to me in dreams, you know? So she finally showed up in my dream and she came up and she gave me a hug and she goes, your dad's going through a hard time. And I said, okay. And I, I kept thinking about it all the next day. So finally I called him and he had been like, there was just, he's fine. There was just some medical stuff he had going on and, you know, had him worried a little bit and he really needed to hear that in that moment. So yeah, it's kind of interesting that that happened right before we had this conversation. But so I just wanted to share. Yeah.
1: I love that so much. Well, uh. especially because, you know, when those messages come through, they usually come through to the people that are going to listen, Right. Or the people right. that are going to say, hey, maybe I should act on this message, right? And right. then when you trust yourself and you trust your intuition and then you follow through, you're able to help someone before something becomes a problem, right? Exactly. So exactly. I love
2: that. Yeah. So my question is, how did you create this whole relationship with DreamWork? Like, how did you build these skills mm-hmm. and like, what kind of things did you do to create that? Yeah.
1: That's a great question. So when I was a kid, I used to tell my friends sometimes about my dreams, but my dreams were a little too wild for them. So then I I started writing them down for myself, right? So I started journaling. I I wasn't very consistent with it, but it got to the point where I was able to see so many different commonalities. And this is the part where there, there really wasn't a whole lot of development. It was more like I just knew, right? Like I just already knew this information yeah. uh, and I, I knew what to do. And, and that's part of the Oracle part, I think <laughs> that's coming through as well, is, is I just knew what to do with them. And so after so long of working, like I've been working with them more than 20 years now, and it, it's, it's been so interesting because I can see my life through my dream journals, right? If I go back, I can know exactly what I was going through, even though I'm not like a daily journaler. I don't write about my life. I can see what I was going through in the crazy ass dreams that I've had. (laughs) So, and I can say, oh, this is, you know, like that moment in my life, or this is that one, because, you know, your dreams will pick up and try to give you more information, the more difficulty you face. And so it's really, really interesting when you dive into those, but getting through the process, right? So what I, what I like to tell people is dream recall is the best thing you can do for yourself, right? So you have to start with recall, which is remembering your dreams, being able to have the content to work with. And this is something that I worked on for, for many, many years. But the best thing that you can do is set an intention before you go to bed. Intention has a lot of weight behind it, right? That's an energy in and of itself. Mm-hmm. So when you put your intention into something, you're more likely to succeed. So if you set an intention before bed to remember your dreams in the morning, you're more likely to remember them. The other thing that I recommend is to what I do is in the morning. I lie completely still, even though I acknowledge that I'm awake. I don't open my eyes. I don't move my body. I try to limit the amount of external stimulus, right? So I don't want to feel the sheets moving or, or have the light, you know, blinding my eyes or whatever, because then I'm able to take more brain power and dedicate it to remembering my dreams before I start moving for the day. And then there's just the recording aspect, right? There's something to be said for making a habit of something or doing an action over and over and over. You know, it's almost like practice makes perfect. So. Even if you don't remember anything from your dreams the night before, I always tell people write something down anyways, write down how you feel in the morning. I feel well rested. I feel like I slept like shit, you know, like however it goes, whatever it is that you can write down, you know, maybe I felt some fear in my dream. I feel joyful this morning when I woke up, write down something because then that's going to send a signal to your brain that says, oh, we're trying to do something here. Maybe we should try a little harder and then you can start to recall your dreams You know more often. But once you recall your dreams, then it's just working with them. And it's interesting because a lot of people feel like dream interpretation is is really daunting sometimes. You know, like you can Google online and be like, what does this mean? You know, and you have like a million different entries and you're like, they're all different. I don't understand. And I would say like dream dictionaries can be very beneficial because they can give you a list of things to read through, but always listen to the way something resonates. You know, a dream for you could be completely different for me. The example that I go with is I dream about my dog sometimes, and I love him very, very much. He's a a pit bull. So he's just, he's got this cute face. But Mm -hmm. whenever I dream about him, he's the concept of responsibility and almost like this parenting relationship. But if someone else has a dream about a dog and they were attacked as a kid by a dog, that's going to have a totally different meaning, right?
0: Right, right. So
1: dream interpretation is really. How do you feel about something, right? How do you feel about what this is? And then, you know, like you can go back into how am I going to put that as a piece of imagery, right? Does it represent a concept or an emotion? How can I work with it? Can I look up in a dictionary, any of these other references and, you know, like listen to myself, ooh, this is the phrase that I think is right, you know, and then you sort of just put it together, but it's really observing yourself. So a dream interpretation is just an observation of you as a person. And that's like the key to dream interpretation is just who are you, right? What What so. does it
0: mean to you? I love that yes. you touched on that, that. So there are a lot of common dreams people will have that tend to... So what are some of the ones that you hear about the most? Like what are some of the most common ones people do experience?
1: Yeah, so water is a big one right now. We are in Pisces season. But it's also just, I I don't know if you guys have heard about the whole like stuff is coming in March theme. That's been really coming up for me. Just feeling right. Like there's, there's something big that's going to shift in March. Maybe that's something individually. Maybe that's something as a society. I don't honestly know, (laughs) but water dreams have been almost every single dream that I've interpreted within the last couple of weeks has had water in it in some way Mm
2: -hmm. and
1: water in the dream space represents emotion right? And, and almost in every culture across the globe, water represents emotion, right? And even as an element, it's, it's the way that we phrase it, you know, go with the flow sort of thing, right? And it's, it's very emotion centered. So when we're thinking about water in the dream space, I always think of how are you handling the emotions that are coming up for you right now? And usually it's an exploration of people letting go of something or, you know, moving through something or experiencing like an ebb and a flow kind of thing. You know, maybe they're really expressive or even explosive. Like that could be water rushing and bursting through a dam, you know, like feeling like they're being overwhelmed by emotion. Or maybe there's like, you know, like a dark stagnant pool in the dream. And that could be, oh, you know, what are you not diving into emotionally? What are you ignoring or or letting simmer, right? Or like just sit there. So water is a big one that's been coming up. There's also my... My favorite dreams, and I just had one of these myself last night, it is a bathroom dream. And okay. before you like, <laughs> yes, pre- yes. Out, right? <laughs> so a bathroom dream is like fantastic though, because when you think about, and just, just bear with me here for a second. So your physical body, let's start there. You have to consume food so that you can provide energy to your physical body so that you can live. And then you let go of what no longer serves you. In the dream space, food represents an experience, right? Our minds in this human life need experiences to continue thriving, right? To continue moving so we don't get stagnant and, you know, like drop off. So when you think about excrement in the dream state, it's letting go of the parts of an experience that you no longer need to keep, right? What no longer serves you? Get rid of it. So, wow. So, whenever someone has a bathroom dream, I'm always like, Yeah, you just let go of something, you know? Like, I'm so happy for you. And they're like, What? I mean, I guess, but wow. Okay. Actually, I do feel really good about that, you know?
0: You got rid of that so, shit.
1: Yeah, literally. <laughs> So those are really interesting and and those are actually more common than people think. It gets me a while, right? Because people don't want to talk about them. They're a little taboo. But once you can like, you know, like kind of, you know, get it out of someone, you're just like, oh, it's actually a really good thing. You know, like let's rework the way that you think about that. Let's see some other dreams. House dreams are really common Um, and dreams where people are in houses. And usually it's, you know, like there's a lot of people in the house with someone, which, you know, we talked about house earlier, psychological structure. And when you have a lot of people coming into your house in a dream space, that can be feeling overwhelmed. You know, maybe you're taking on too much responsibility. Maybe you're, you're showing up for people when you don't have to put that energy out there. Maybe you feel like people are taking advantage of you, right? They're coming into your space and invading it. And so those are another really common type of dream. But yeah, there are so many different types of dreams, right? Yeah. They're just really fun.
2: I think it's really cool how you said people are having the same kind of themes too, like the water. Because that was going to be one of my questions is, do you find people have collective dreams? So that's actually really cool. (laughs) Yeah, actually, I
1: love that question. If I can back off of that for just a second. i I'm So I don't know for sure, right? But I'm currently working with a couple different astrologers or people who are interested in astrology. And we're trying to figure out, because I believe that there's a connection between the phases of the moon and, Mm -hmm. you know, what sign the moon is in. And that energy is influencing our dream space, right? The moon is very connected to the dream space as is Neptune, but the moon is going to have more of that individual flavor to it. So a lot of the dreams that come up, there's, I believe there's either an energetic space on the earth that's influencing the dream space, because not everybody's going to have the same dream, but the influence is available if you're open to receiving that sort of a message, right? But then there's also, you know, different energies throughout the universe can really influence how we're all thinking and feeling, right? When you have global events that are happening as well, even just within our society, people are going to to think or, you know, we all sort of talk about the same thing. You know, if we see something big in the news, you're going to talk about it. So it's more likely to show up in your dream space because we're putting energy into it. Right? right? By acknowledging it. So all of these different factors can really affect the dream space, which can lead to collective dreams, right? Or or different types of themes that show up at the same time.
2: Right. And while you're talking about that, one of the top dreams I hear just even from talking to friends and family are like apocalyptic dreams where like, There's zombies, I feel like the world is ending. And I was like, that's interesting. And like, there's a lot of media influence and a lot of fear sometimes because of a lot of different things that are happening. So it makes sense that we kind of tap into these same energy sometimes like good, maybe sometimes a little bit uncomfortable or negative or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, with those
1: apocalypse dreams, those, those have been coming up. They're not as frequent for me as like the water that I've been seeing, but the apocalypse dreams are still big, right? Those have been happening for the last couple of years, right? Since the pandemic really became a thing and, and we've all been dealing with the fallout of that, people are more unsure about how the future is going to portray itself. So your dream space is almost working as like a what-if scenario, right? Where you're trying to evolutionarily, you know, prepare yourself for anything detrimental that might come into your space. So those dreams can really be working through the what-if. But if you also have like storm dreams that are coming, that can be more of a prophetic, oh, yep, I see. I get those, I get those, yep. Every
0: Every time a change comes in my life, I have a tornado dream
1: boom, yep. you hit the yep. nail on the yep. head, it changed. Yep. So when you think about those dreams as well, do you have those before or after the event hits?
0: It's before. And and yes. I then looking back, I can look back and it's like the size of the tornado, how much damage is being caused, kind of then reflects the amount of energy that's in the change that's coming.
1: Oh, I love so much that yeah. that you've caught on to that. Yes, because yeah. when you we think about those storm dreams, right, hail or tornadoes or, you know, lightning storms, whatever it is, that's, you know, we can sense that there's change impending. Either we know what it is or we're just picking up on it, right? And that can be a flavor of a prophetic dream, you know, because we're we're able to pick up on all this information that's coming in and then the change happens and then you don't have the dreams anymore because it's over. <laughs> so right. I love that.
0: So with those that, so sometimes I'm I'm assuming they could be prophetic, but what about, so I guess you would have to tie the both, but reoccurring dreams, like people that have a similar dream over and over again, I, you know, I, even though I have tornado dreams, when change is coming, it's always different, but it's a tornado. So that's reoccurring. But then I've had dreams before. It will always like, I go back to high school or whatever it is like. Or I, and I even wrote into you once about a dream about my teeth falling out, you know, and and you worked through what that, what that meant. Yeah. So yeah. What is your, how do you explain reoccurring dreams?
1: Yeah. So you brought up two different things. and I just want to clarify the difference. There's the recurring dreams, which is the exact same dream over and over again. And then there are dream markers. That's the storm dream for you, even though it's not the same dream. A marker is a piece of your unique dream language. And every single person has their own dream language, right? It's built off of the imagery that you are taking in in your everyday life, right? And it's the way that you talk to yourself and the way that you express things. And it combines all of these things together into your own internal language. Mm -hmm. So for you, having a storm dream before change is a way that your subconscious has said, hey, this is how we're going to identify when change is coming. This is, you know, to show us we're picking up on all of these things. We're going to use the imagery of a storm. For someone else, that might be something completely different. They might see, you know, like a bunch of snakes in a dream. I've had that one come up before. Snakes are all about change as well. It's just, you know, the different type of imagery. So that specific dream for you, even though you have it, it's not recurring. It's a dream marker. Your dream has Uh, identified a specific concept with a piece of imagery. And it knows that you're going to, you're going to know it too. So that's why it keeps showing it to you. Whereas a recurring dream. Yeah. So the recurring dream is going to be something where you have the exact same dream over and over and over again. And usually when we have those, they're telling us something that we're not picking up on. It's usually like, hey, here's a piece of information that we need to think about. Usually it's healing work. It's something that we need to do to, to work through or, or heal from because most of them stem from childhood, right? And when we are children, we're very vulnerable. We're very you know, susceptible to what's happening around us. And sometimes we don't have the tools to deal with it. So our dreams will come in and they'll be like, hey, we're just going to try you know, to, to tell us this piece of information, but you're a kid and you're, you're still learning about literally everything. <laughs> so mm-hmm. <laughs> so it, it will continue. A recurring dream can continue until you're an adult. And then you say, oh, now I think I know what it is because I've seen this dream enough and I've thought about it enough or I've gone and gotten an interpretation on it, right? Or, or whatever it is that I'm doing. I've looked it up online and I think I can start to piece it together. And once you start to understand that message you might not have those recurring dreams anymore. They can come up as an adult as well. One of the more recent ones that I worked with was someone said that they started having the exact same dream almost every other night. So that's like really, really frequent. And it started only two years ago. And I was like, okay, what happened two years ago in your life? Right. And they were like, right. oh, well, I, I left my relationship and you know, I decided that I was going to set up, you know, for myself in life and, and I decided to move out and it was really scary, but now I I have this great life and it was a, the the recurring dream was actually a nightmare, right? So they were like, everything is going really great in my life right now. Why am I having this recurring nightmare every single night, you know? Mm-hmm. And we sat down and and working through that one, we were able to define that This individual, while they had separated themselves from the situation that they were in, they hadn't looked at any of the work. And there were all of these pain points within themselves that they still had to work through. And the dream was coming up to say, hey, we have the support and the space and the tools now to deal with it. So let's deal with it. Right. (laughs) And so. Even when you're having like a great time in your life, maybe you're having, you know, the most supportive, wonderful experience, you can still have nightmares because they might be indicating that there's more work for you to do, right, to clear out from the past because you're now in the space to actually do it. So those are, you know, different types of recurring dreams, but hopefully that answers your question.
0: Yeah, no, it totally does. Do you think are, so would you say recurring dreams are maybe not as common as the other kind?
1: You know, it really, I wouldn't say either or. Right Right now, I don't have enough information to say that just because there's so many different ways for people to dream and there's, you know,
2: everybody has a different way of dreaming. So I wouldn't say there's either one more than the other. I think I was actually using the wrong type of language to describe like some of the dreams I was having because that whole marker description, I think is gonna be really helpful for a lot of people. I've had like three, what I, called reoccurring dreams but they're more like marker dreams so like mm-hmm. one of them was like working at my old job which I haven't been to in 12 years where like I go and suddenly I'm not on the schedule or I am and I'm like trying to put my you know my apron on and I'm going to the grocery store and trying to work and something my kids are there with me like it ch- kind of changes each time which is interesting but there's definitely like when I think about it, there's a lot of different feelings and emotions and like psychological things and different areas of life that I'm transferring into that can be related to those moments. So I think that's really interesting because then we can take those markers and kind of just like sit with them and feel into them and see like why they're coming up again, right? So that's cool. Yeah. The The phrase that just popped into my head to help clear this up too is a marker
1: is identifying a concept or a piece of information while a recurring dream is more about an experience and work to do sort of thing, if that helps. That yeah, does. It does.
0: I agree with Shayla. I think when I've referred to things as recurring dreams, they were more marker dreams because things are always different. Which is, it is interesting and it helps you kind of go deeper. And it actually helps me then set with, okay, I do need to set with this a little bit more and kind of figure in what does that represent for me? What does that mean for me? Instead of just kind of throwing it off as ah, just a recurring dream I have. So, yeah, that's. So cool. So much awesome information today.
2: Okay. So a question that Peyton and I had is we both have these experiences where we will remember past dreams. Like for me, it's many years. Like I can go back from when I'm like eight years old kind of thing, but it can be more recent. So I'll just be driving and all of a sudden I'll get this memory of a dream I had when I was 15 years old or I'll be at a mall and sometimes it's triggered, by Like certain visuals, like I'll be at a mall that I don't usually go to, like, oh, I had a really weird dream in this area here that there was a cave or something. But it's like all these little dreams kind of just pop into my head out of nowhere. And so I'm wondering if other people experience that or like, what is the meaning behind that? Yeah, absolutely. So that is something that
1: a lot of people experience. And usually, so when I think about dreams as information, right, they're almost always a piece of information where you can gain information from them. When you remember something like that in a specific place, or, you know, maybe you're just driving down the highway, it's coming up for a reason, either because, you know, the the imagery that you're seeing right now, right, if you're pulling up to the mall, and then you remember the dream that you had in a mall, that could be saying, hey, you know, this is a time and a place for us to remember a specific piece of information. Or maybe it's just coming up as, hey, you know what, we're going to use this visual trigger as a way to get us to remember something that, you know, we haven't completed yet. Or, you know, there there's almost like a like a sense of it needs to be completed or a sense of completion when those memories come up, because there's information and we might not have done anything with it yet, but it's still sitting there. Right. So, you know, if you are out in the world and you have a you remember a dream that you had like 20 years ago, that could be something where, hey, maybe it's time to revisit, you know, this topic or what I felt in the dream. Maybe it's even like the energy signature of the dream mm-hmm. itself that's coming forward. So. With those circumstances, I believe it's both your brain, you know, working on your behalf, which is saying, hey, you know what, this is some information that I think we need to remember right now for whatever reason. Or it could be a specific energy that you're interacting with that's saying, hey, I want to bring this to your attention because there's something to know here. So if you ever remember a dream randomly out in your daily life, I would take a minute, right, to stop and say, okay, what did that dream feel like? You don't necessarily have to, you know, think about the interpretation itself, but the emotion or the feeling of it is the most important component and say, how is that, you know, like applying to my life right now or, or where I'm at, right? Is there any other information that I might be able to gain from that?
2: Okay, That makes so much sense. And I'm like, wow. It's like, again, a great example of how we can do the healing within dreams. And it really baffles my mind that we can still hold these dream memories in our head, even though it's many years later and we haven't thought about them in so long. So, yeah, thank you for answering that. That's really cool. Absolutely.
0: Amazing. Well, Meg, thank you so much for joining us today. This has been. Amazing. I feel like we could have like four episodes just on dreams and just go through (laughs) all this information. And it really helps kind of piggyback on the, you know, we had an earlier dream a podcast for Shayla and I shared a lot of the stuff that we've experienced kind of as intuitives and as mediums and how it's been for us. So to be able to have you on here with your expertise and you have such a great way of explaining things to people. So to be able to have you on here and kind of shine more light onto that topic for us is just, we're just a thousand times grateful. So
1: uh, thank you so much for having me as well.
0: Of course, of course. Where, if any of our listeners would be interested in getting a dream interpretation or getting to know you or follow you, where could they find you at?
1: Yeah, so my website is called souldreamexperience.com. That's also my social media handle is Soul Dream EXP, kind of like, you know, in a video game experience points. But you can also (laughs) find, yeah, you can also find my podcast called The Dream Axis. And that's like the resource that I think is really awesome. It's a totally free resource. There's no ads. The whole point is for me to help teach you how to interpret your own dreams. I'm really passionate about DreamWork because it's a free resource. Every single person on the face of the planet has the ability to dream, but not everybody has the resources or the financial capability to find help. So you can at least get started with trying to interpret your own dreams and understanding that conversation that you're having with yourself by learning how to interpret your own dreams.
2: So definitely go check that one out
0: so awesome thank you so much
2: that's amazing and i just want to say i loved how passionate you are with everything and when you're talking about this it just makes me excited because i'm like oh my gosh yeah so good so yeah i just want totally. to thank you for that.
0: <laughs> totally totally i love it like <laughs> awesome all right well that is the end of our episode today everyone thank you for joining us and go check out meg
2: hey soli listeners thank you so much for being here with us today if you enjoy this podcast and would like to help support us, there are a few ways that you can do that. The first way is to give us a positive review on Apple or Spotify, and this helps us to be pushed up the algorithm, which allows more people to find our podcast. The second thing you can do is word of mouth, send it to a friend or a family member who you feel would really enjoy this kind of conversation. We also have all of our social media link below, as well as our solely email. So if you have something to say, you have a question, you have an episode suggestion, or just want to share your story, you can do that below.